Welcome to Commerce Growth Lab, the community for commerce strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Franco Variano. This season, the podcast focuses on speaking with some of the most interesting and successful trendsetters, entrepreneurs, and leaders in commerce. Together, we'll dive into their unique stories, experience their highs and lows, and gain from their insights and experiences as they continue to shape this industry. So starting off small and really building from there is something that a lot of merchants don't really grasp right off the bat. They want to just have all the bells and whistles. They want to just go into the market and be that thought leader through that big, intimidating looking e-com site when in fact, starting off simple, starting off small is probably the best way of going about it and understanding your customers and then iterating along the way to definitely get the best return moving forward. Today, we're chatting with Stefan Peralta the founder and creative lead of Sovi Creative, a Toronto-based Shopify Plus boutique agency that focuses on creative e-commerce solutions that scale businesses and transform brands. Stefan joins us to share how he's built Sovi Creative, the MVP mindset that merchants of all sizes should adopt, why both agencies and merchants need to niche their businesses, and much more. So let's get started. Hey Stefan, thanks so much for being on the show today. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Super excited to have a fellow Canadian entrepreneur on the show. But before we get into what you're currently up to today, can you tell us more about yourself? Where are you from and what did you study? Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Stefan Peralta. I'm the founder and creative lead of Sovi Creative, a Shopify Plus implementation agency based in Toronto, or as some people like to refer to as the Silicon Valley North. But yeah, so uh, here in Toronto, it's a booming area to be in. Lots of great brands, lots of great places to see, lots of great places to eat. So uh, super happy to be a Torontonian. But yeah, so where did I study? It's a, it's a great question. So I studied at a local community college called Humber College. The program I took in particular was a program that related to me, which was a multimedia program. So primarily related to the web, but an opportunity to explore uh, explore audio, explore a little bit of video for web, a lot of creative opportunities, uh, web development opportunities, and a little bit of app development associated with that. Awesome. So can you talk to us a little bit about your career before launching your own creative firm? What were some of your first few jobs and how did you get into e-commerce? I grew up in a family business environment. So when it comes to early stage working, I typically like to feel that I've been working since I could stand in the perspective that, as I mentioned, I come from a family business. Being the third generation of that family business is almost like a great way to market the continuation and the growth of that business. So even when I could walk, um, my parents would use me almost as a sales tool just to go to uh, other to customers, even other competitors to say, hey, we're continuing this company. And, and this is the guy that's uh, along with the siblings, this is the guy that's going to uh, be the next generation of that phase. So at an early stage, um, I was always surrounded in the family business uh, environment. The business to be a bit more specific was a cutlery business, um, kitchenware business. So even before post-secondary or schooling in general, I was always using I was always used as a sales tool going to trade shows before you could even sell at trade shows shows, going from booth to booth, learning as much as possible, but being almost a representation of the continuation of my family's business. Going into my first agency gig, as I mentioned, I came from a multimedia program. Design creative was always what I loved to do. Growing up, I loved to just put little banners together, little marketing ads, just to uh, help raise awareness for the family business and do things that they originally couldn't do since they come from more of a traditional mindset. So being a junior designer, a junior creative or art director was something I always wanted to do. Unfortunately, the demand wasn't out there as much as I was hoping for, but there was a huge demand for front-end developers, developers in general. So 
so why not take the opportunity to learn a little bit of dev? So even halfway through my uh, my post-secondary, I took a job as a front-end developer, or at the time, I think they referred to it as like an HTML developer, um, working with just different content management systems, helping a lot of these enterprise companies I was working with enter a lot of their information correctly. So as a front-end developer, I really still continuously wanted to be a creative. So after my nine to five, I would just do anything I could to do more creative exercises. So I quickly learned that being a solid front-end developer made me an even better creative down the road because it gave me a strong understanding of technical capabilities and what's really out there in terms of the development roadmap for the future. So by doing that, um, it allowed me to work on really interesting projects before they became very I'll use the word mainstream. So developing things on like CodePen as a creative developer, as I'll refer to as, and really allowing my development background to really persuade what I want to do as a creative director down the road, which puts me in the position now at Sobe Creative. So I guess it's that um, not wanting to be a developer, but taking the opportunity regardless of being a developer has allowed me to be a really strong creative uh, of who I am today um, and help guide my team to what's up and coming in terms of the world of development and other scenarios like that. Going in kind of that e-commerce route, before developing or designing or anything, I worked very heavily in my parents' warehouse doing a lot of the shipping, a lot of the order taking, um, a lot of manual organization of all the product SKUs. Um, They'd put me in a warehouse by myself on a weekend and be like, okay, we just got a massive inventory from uh, Port Portugal, I want you to organize these thousand different SKUs on, on the best way you think about going about it. So that kind of put me in that perspective on early stages of organizing products and getting them ready to sell. Now, this is more of a B2B world, but when we started embracing e-commerce a few years ago with that company, it put me in a good understanding of the individual products, what products we think would be the best in terms of where it would serve in, t- in terms of the market. So that early stage of wanting to design, but working primarily into a warehouse for just general purchases that combined together to really help get me ready for uh, e-commerce was was to explode, which happened many years ago. Very cool story. I don't think too many folks have that kind of background, you know, going right into the family business from a young age. Definitely happy to hear. So you mentioned going through these experiences, you know, which really prepared you to then launch your own studio, Soviet Creative, in 2013. So can you tell us a bit more about what Sovi's all about, what motivated you to start it, and where the name came from? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I can't take all of the credit myself. Sovi Creative, Sovi in particular, was started by my grandfather many, many years ago back in Portugal. My grandfather was a very poor farmer. He was looking for opportunities to help elevate his family and his, just his overall lifestyle. So what he did is he started this brand called Sovi. He would go to the local dock in Portugal and see if there's any raw goods or anything that he could just sell on the side when he wasn't farming. So he happened to come by a boat that was selling raw material steel and started a pocket knife company in his basement in Portugal, turned that company really quickly into a company called Ivo, which to date is one of the largest manufacturers for private labeling cutlery all over the world. And they're doing seven, eight figures easily. So Sovi started off with my grandfather and it was almost a foundation for him to give himself a better opportunity and his town an opportunity. And that it was a small town of like 300 people. And now 90% of those people actually work in the manufacturing facility uh, for the company Ivo, which is just Sovi backwards. And that's just the platform that I took when starting Sovi Creative, taking his brand, his legacy, almost extending that because I, was, I wasn't as involved in the day-to-days with my family's business. So Sovi started with my grandfather 
grandfather, I added creative because I was a creative. And that was that foundation, that pillar for me to build what we have to date, which is an amazing agency that I get to work with some of my best friends and working on some of the coolest projects I've ever had a chance to uh, ever work on. That's amazing family heritage. And it's cool to see how you're putting your own spin on it. So with your focus being more on the creative and digital side of things, what was it like building an agency seven years ago? How did you get your first customers? Yeah, for sure. So starting an agency seven years ago was was really interesting. What I love doing is I love going about really doing my research. It's I don't like to look at it as like a competitive analysis because it's nowhere close to that, but it kind of intertwines with going out there, seeing who's doing what, how they're doing it, and how, how they're doing it so well. Toronto's great because it's a very inclusive environment where I can go ahead and explore other agencies, kind of just walk up to their door and see what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. By doing that, it gave me the opportunity to realize like, wow, they're working on really cool projects. These are really cool technologies they're leveraging. And this is maybe something that I wouldn't say mimic, but I would say use as inspiration to build off of. So seven years ago started off with me not believing a lot in myself. And that's because I was just a one person show. I did have a background where I like to develop and I was a creative and offered some other services on top of that personally. But there was just a bit of lack of confidence. But by going to a lot of these community meetups that were very popular back in uh, back seven years ago, and even still to date, don't get me wrong, um, I was able to meet other individuals similar to myself and saying, hey, I want to start an agency. I want to build a lifestyle brand where I can work on really cool projects with people I love surrounding myself with and going from there. So by meeting these other people, it gave me that confidence and being able to trust myself and my ability, showing a little bit off my work, showing um, what I, what plans I have for the future and just compare notes with other people that were very like-minded to myself. So seven years ago, it was trying to build not just trust with a lot of our clients, which is very important, but trust internally, that gave me the confidence to allow myself to start building Sovi and never really doubting myself moving forward. Seven years ago, there were amazing agencies, some that unfortunately are not here today, but those guys were super inspirational. And I kind of wanted to take the opportunity to follow a similar path, but keep true to myself in terms of building that lifestyle brand that we've currently achieved today with Sovi Creative. That's awesome. And so you've mentioned that you get to work on a ton of cool projects now and tend to do a lot of work in the e-commerce space. So what's your approach when it comes to working with e-commerce brands? And what are some of the typical projects Sovi delivers? When we first started Sovi, we were very intimidated to take on very robust projects. It's not that we just didn't believe in our execution. It's just that we wanted to take things slow, learn as much as we could about ourselves and how we like to interact with clients. Um, Sometimes when you work for yourself, you are your own boss, but some other people perceive that your clients are your boss at the end of the day. So we started things off with going very heavy in the microsite market. One of the early projects we did was a project for Doritos Canada in collaboration with another ad agency here in Toronto as their uh, development and technology partner. That microsite gave us a quick opportunity to bring something to the market and really understand what the people wanted in terms of the best user experience. So we started off doing a lot of microsites, um, working with like Doritos. Um, we did a lot of work with Budweiser, AB and Bev, Stella Artois, um, Buy a Lady a Drink. And lately we just did the turtles.ca, the first ever direct to consumer um, opportunities with uh, Nestle for turtles. So we started off doing a lot of microsites because it allowed us to be 
experimental with what we wanted to bring to the market. They were a lot more fun to work on and we could execute on uh, something we can bring to market super, super quick. So we started small off with microsites and that gave us learn that gave us the opportunity to learn as much as possible. We did everything primarily on Shopify because when we first started off, we were doing we were working with as many content management systems as we could. I was lucky enough to team up with my current partner and he is an absolute development whiz. So it gave us the opportunity to try out things like Magento, uh, early stages of WooCommerce, some of the enterprise level e-commerce content management systems like Oracle and so on from there, but gave us an understanding that we didn't really want to uh, be woken up at five in the morning with um, one of our customers saying, hey, our servers are down or hey, um, what's up with your DevOps team or our, our server in- infrastructure is, is going chaotic. So we decided to team up with Shopify Plus in the early stages working on these microsites, as I was mentioning earlier. So it gave us an amazing platform for us to work on and never have to worry about things like our servers going down. It allowed us to bring a lot of our products, a lot of the, our clients' products to market relatively soon and really gave us a, a really strong understanding on how we could leverage uh, Shopify and Shopify Plus down the road and uh, kind of grow along with it. Absolutely. That's super cool. And so given this mindset and your experience launching some of these projects, what advice would you have to share with other entrepreneurs who are looking to get their brand off the ground before working with an agency like yours? When we always deal with a merchant that kind of all works with us, uh, we do our Shopify meetups uh, here in Toronto. And a lot of merchants tend to come to us after these meetups and say, hey, what can I do to potentially work with you guys? Uh, We like what you do. Uh, We've checked you guys out for a while. We like to typically work with a client that really understands their own internal problems before we say, hey, this is what we think is wrong, because it gives them, it at least puts us in the perspective that these clients really want to focus on their future. And by focusing on their future, they need to focus on some of the small wins with some of the big wins. And by roadmapping um, some solutions that they think can solve current problems or something that we love, we're definitely here to come in to be what we refer to as a digital partner. But before even doing that, we need to understand the foundation of the brand. What are the attributions of the brand? How are they dealing with their customers on a day-to-day basis and what are the main problems that they're, we're looking to uh, help solve for down the road. So by putting a lot of self-thought into what you think can help elevate your brand or what are some of the current problems that you can solve with our assistance is something that we like to receive in the beginning because it just shows that our clients are doing the due diligence that need, they need to do in order for us to execute on solutions, but to do it to the best of the ability that we can help them moving forward with. So speaking about that self-awareness of challenges in the business itself, what are some of the biggest mistakes you still see e-commerce entrepreneurs making? When a client comes to us sometimes, it doesn't matter if they're um, in the SMB category or in the enterprise Fortune 500 company category. What we really like to do is when we like to work on a solution with them, we're not looking to build something completely robust and absolutely massive. Similar to other agencies, we like to focus on more of an MVP model. What's the type of solution we're looking to provide to our customers? And what's the most simple approach that we can take in order us to provide that solution? A lot of customers don't really understand their value proposition they're looking to bring to the market. They'd be like, okay, maybe we're a, we, we drop ship some goods from uh, this place, or I'm a massive company and people have been buying my products and uh, we own, we've owned a large share of the market quite a while. But still, at the end of the day don't really understand what's the type of value they're providing to our customers so by solving a lot of these solutions the foundation of course is the value proposition that we're looking to persuade our customers to uh, be engaged with but at the end of the day we're not looking to build things that are massively robust that takes six months for us to bring to market we want to execute on very small but of course tangible solutions that allows us to be market ready but also allows us to iterate, take some of the data and really build on top of that. So starting off small and really building from there, 
is something that a lot of merchants don't really grasp right off the bat. They want to just have all the bells and whistles. They want to just go into the market and be that thought leader through that big, intimidating looking e-com site. When in fact, starting off simple, starting off small is probably the best way of going about it and understanding your customers and then iterating along the way to definitely get the best return moving forward. So as brands start to understand that their value proposition is very critical to building a community and making sales, how have you seen the mindset around this and MVP experiments kind of change and evolve over the years as you've been a part of this industry? When we first started, uh, we started small and grew our way up. We started primarily in the SMB market, uh, working with just small and up-and-coming um, medium-sized merchants. So the one thing they had a really strong advantage of comparing to some of the larger clientele is the fact that their decision-making process and, th and the fact that they could be so agile with future discussions and uh, agreements moving forward was something to be very, very proud of. When we work with large traditional brand, getting something as simple as just a question and answer can be pretty, pretty tedious, especially with lots of stakeholders. And a lot of these brands in the very beginning when we first started were small, but they're no longer as small. Because of that, they were small, but agile, making quick decisions, but very informative decisions has allowed them to start gaining massive amounts of market share that these traditional organizations that they used to boast about, but are slowly losing. And that goes down to the internal infrastructure. A lot of these larger Fortune 500 companies are currently have in place. They need to evolve as quickly as the market evolves, make decisions as quickly as the market is influencing these decisions. And these SMB merchants are able to gain massive amounts of market share just because of how agile agile they're able to be. And that's just because they're starting off small and continuing with that lean startup mentality in the very beginning and continuously growing with it. It's all about the mentality. It's all the way the infrastructure is within that business or, or, or organization. And that's a huge advantage that some of these small SMB merchants are taking advantage of and, and really, like I said, gaining a lot of that market share moving forward. That's very cool. And so earlier in the interview, you mentioned making the decision to team up with Shopify and Shopify Plus. So where do you think the future of e-commerce is headed and what are some ways that you're preparing for that future? Yeah, for sure. So that's a really, really solid question. The e-commerce market is definitely what we refer to in its golden age. Um, everything, of course, being mobile, web-focused is definitely very prominent right now. Where we do see it moving forward is there's tons of opportunity through a technology perspective to leverage moving forward. We're seeing a lot of cool introductions to AR opportunities, things like IKEA, for example, and those are getting people so, so excited. VR is something that is currently in the well, I won't say in the talks, there are some good examples of VR right now. Every time we seem to go to the Shopify office, they're always demoing their VR um, future technologies as well. That's something that's going to be super, super excited. We see the opportunity of VR introducing almost an opportunity for someone to be in their household, their own living room, but have the opportunity to go to a mall, interact with different brands and be able to purchase from those interact uh, with some of those brands virtually moving forward. It's almost as if VR is going to be so addicting that we see it being kind of scary through an adoption perspective. But we know when it's I guess, normalized through the market, it's going to be something that everyone's going to be a part of. There's going to be open SDKs. There's going to be open libraries for a lot of developers to get introduced to it and get introduced to it really, really quickly. So through a technology perspective, AR and VR is something that we're constantly wanting to explore more and more moving forward. And that's the way we see the e-com market evolving as well. One way we like to deal with a lot of our SMB customers, though, on the current basis is focusing on their vertical through a perspective of getting a hold of their manufacturers, really cutting out the middleman 
uh, making their price almost an advantage in their perspective of how they want to grow as well. So we really like to deal with a lot of our merchants saying, hey, go to your manufacturer wherever you are, start talking to them, start talking about where you want to grow with them down the road. Because we definitely see the future of commerce of any middleman associated with commerce from the manufacturing level all the way to the sale, um, slowly but surely decreasing and being cut out along the way, just so those merchants can get their margin and those customers can get their product that much faster. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that technology is really democratizing a lot of business supply chain models and, and more. So it's cool to see how it's empowering, you know, so many more businesses to build these tight communities and enable them to get so much closer to their customers. Definitely. And uh, it's, it's only going to grow that much quicker. And for those going to Shopify Unite this year, I can anticipate there's going to be some really, really cool things in the AR VR space. So uh, good reason to go. Nice. A little sneak peek. I like that. I'll definitely see you at Unite and look forward to another demo from the Shopify VR team. So on maybe more of a personal note, over the last few years working on and building Sovi, what have been some of the most pivotal moments in your career? We always like to follow the mentality that it, it's good to respect and to love the little wins. So in terms of milestones, we're able to meet like these little micro milestones all the time, just through like social perspective and, and just like opportunities for sales as well but the big the big milestones for us our most favorite milestone at the end of the day is something i just mentioned our shopify meetups we aren't the oldest agency we aren't the newest agency but we really need to get our brand out there and we need to be as effective as possible and so doing our shopify meetups has been an actual blessing we were hoping to start off with something called i think we're going to call it talk shop which is a pretty general name just having e-commerce focus groups in toronto and talk with amazing merchants and talk with amazing other agency owners as well to really help grow our e-commerce ecosystem within Toronto. But through the help of Shopify and others uh, as well, we were able to uh, start our Shopify meetups and immediately getting like a couple hundred people out there, our first meetup and continuously growing from there. So a huge milestone for us is to say we were able to start one of the largest offline commerce communities in Toronto, and we're able to continuously grow that community and grow an engaged community, which is that much better. And we constantly see growth within our offline community exploding even though we can accommodate maybe a, a few hundred people in our venue our waiting lists uh, per event are just growing from the hundreds 200 300 400 amounts and that just goes to show that there are so many new and so many existing merchants that just want an offline opportunity and for us to be able to provide that for them has been a huge milestone for us moving forward and that's definitely something we're super proud of one thing that was a big milestone for us is scaling our team. Now, I come from a background as a creative and a developer. Um, I've never really been part of HR or very high up in those management scenarios where I've had the opportunity to hire. So that was super, super difficult for us in the very beginnings. Um, I was very lucky to work with my partner who is a childhood friend of mine um, and things just happened to work out quite nicely. But when we need to start populating our team for the project management role, designer role, developer, strategist, and so on from there, growth and marketing, that was very difficult. But everything at the end of the day has come together because of these Shopify meetups, these offline meetups that we were very skeptical at first, but have grown really, really well. So uh, I can't say there have been too, too many milestones that have made us super, super proud because we like to take things as little wins every single day. But our most, our biggest pride and joy at the end of the day is the Shopify meetups that we do and the growth they've been having as well. That's allowed us to introduce amazing team members within my team, has allowed us to meet amazing merchants that have become clients, has allowed some of these merchants to actually merge companies together to make massive companies move 
moving forward as well and learn as much as possible from our offline community events. So hopefully that was a, a good enough answer. Um, these Shopify meetups are biggest success in our opinion and a milestone we're super, super proud of. Amazing. It's really nice to hear about how you guys have been able to spearhead the growth of the Toronto commerce community through those meetups. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, It's been one hell of a ride and uh, it's not stopping anytime soon. And so are there any apps or resources that you'd recommend to others who are either an e-commerce brand looking to grow or someone who's starting an agency? On the app side, there's a couple apps that I, I absolutely love. One app in particular is an app called Octane AI. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it. Yeah, absolutely. I know Matt and several members of the team there and love what they're up to. Yeah, I just love the app. Man, it, it gets me so excited just thinking about this stuff just because in the world where things like abandoned carts come into play, being able to receive a push notification from a, a brand that I was once engaged with but may have dropped off along the way uh, is super, super valuable from a conversion perspective. And not to mention them leveraging social to communicate is super, super neat. So I'm a big fan of Octane AI um, being able to leverage Facebook uh, for communications for things such as like abandoned carts is super, super neat. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Rare.io, but uh, they're, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I love the thought of just systems, um, uh, products in general that are specific, like uh, Rare.io being so specific with e-com. Those are the, those are the um, winners. Those are the, the game changers for the future of those niche specific products that are super, super neat. So shout out Rare.io course and i gotta give uh i gotta give reza and my good friends at shoelace a big kudo because they are doing such such cool things with uh their platform shoelace um one thing we're we've been playing around with was uh something called journey that is part of the shoelace platform allowing you to get specific retargeted messages based off of where your journey is through a transactional journey getting a specific message saying if i dropped off maybe at the cart level at the product level um shoelace is an incredible platform and we deal with really cool um, marketing managers, but some of these marketing managers never even thought about retargeting. And this is something that still blows my mind. So just giving them the opportunity to leverage a tool like Shoelace is super, super neat. And not to mention, they recently integrated with some reoccurring subscriptions by Bolt to really give um, specific targeted advertising to consumers that are maybe through a certain way of their frequency of their subscription. They have really cool things in the pipeline, which I can't talk too, too much about, but they're a really, really neat tool. So those are uh, three um, specific products that I'm, I'm head over heels for. But um, in terms of just tools to assist uh, customers, um, at the end of the day, I'd love to say I read a lot of books, but unfortunately I don't. Uh, maybe it's my short attention span, but um, I'm obsessed with just micro-information. So um, similar podcasts to what you're doing, Franco, we're obsessed with podcasts. A good chunk of our team, actually, we all carpool from the West End Toronto into the city every single day. And we like to line up a podcast for every single commute we do because we find it so digestible and we can interact with that podcast and just discuss with it along the way. So podcasts are absolutely fantastic. We're big fans of things like Product Hunt, um, taking that Reddit format and leveraging that for product. Uh, I know Product Hunt's been around for a while and many people are familiar with it, but it's such a fantastic tool and, and not just a tool, a community associated with that Product Hunt that makes us really respect what they've built so far. But personally, um, as I mentioned, I, I spent quite a few years as a front-end developer, so I get really addicted to, I guess, podcasts or, or specific emails that have to do with uh, just front-end development resources. I'm a huge advocate of something called CodeDrops, Timfinis, that are amazing when it comes to micro animations within customers' interactions. So if you're a friend developer that likes to dabble around with themes, but enjoy making that consumer journey or that user experience that much better, uh, CodeDrops is a really cool tool to leverage moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of great resources in there. So we'll make sure that we link to all of those so others can check them out. Awesome, brother. 
So you've talked about a bunch of different things and given out lots of insights. Do you have any final thoughts or words of advice to leave us with? We always talk about this within our company um, at Sovi. And if I could give any recommendation for new, uh, maybe designers, developers looking to start their own consultancy or maybe agency down the road. Um, I never really knew how important it was to niche my business until I (laughs) ran it for a few years. Um, And to be a bit more specific, yes, we do primarily work with the Shopify platform and we will continuously work with that platform, but that's still pretty broad in terms of what you can do, especially in the e-commerce world. Really understanding the marketplace that you want to involve yourself with is super, super important at an early age because that's the way you allow you can allow yourself to market yourself. If you want to be a consultancy that maybe wants to work with fans and artists, start focusing your look, your identity, the value prop you offer as a service to uh, bands and artists. If you want to work in the automotive industry, maybe you have a lot of a lot of background in the automotive industry. There's tons of opportunity out there um, to be specific within that niche. So even though you want to work with a great technology platform, understand the type of market market that gets you so excited to wake up every day and tackle it. So by defining that niche, it's super, super important. It'll get you that much more energetic to continuously grow your business. And you'll do it that much more effective comparing to an agency that says, I work with Y, X, and B market, and I do it all. No one really does it all. Focusing on your niche allows you to um, scale your brand that much quicker. Awesome. Great way to end the episode. Stefan, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today, man. It was awesome to have you on. No worries, Franco. Very happy to be a part of this, brother. Thank you so much for your time as well. Thanks for listening. Commerce Growth Lab is recorded and produced by me. There's no massive team behind it, and so I'd love your help in growing the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. You can find out more about the show our guests, and everything commerce-related by visiting our site at www.commercegrowthlab.com. Follow us on Twitter at commgrowthlab, that's com with two Ms, or join the community on Facebook at Commerce Growth Lab. We couldn't do the show without your awesome support, so thanks for listening.